0: Well, hello, White Sox fans. Welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. Hopefully, that you just got uh, you got to go ahead and watch that Geo gem and watch the White Sox pulling out tonight and um, almost no hitter. Uh, that was pretty exciting, but uh, you know it would have been combined anyway because the pitch counts were up, you know, early. So not really a whole lot you can do about that. And uh, Aaron Bummer continues his. Uh, Rough, rough start to the season. Um, just giving up hits all over the place. Um, anywho, uh, my name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, You know what?
1: Uh, the way the day started today, um, I will say now, after uh, seeing the White Sox lose the first of a doubleheader and then, uh, you know, making it home. In time to catch most of the second game. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. You know, obviously you don't want to lose both games of a doubleheader. But, uh, you know, Lucas G. Like, like you said, he came out, did his thing. The Sox had the uh, the combined no-hitter going. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it did not come to fruition by the end of the game. But uh, it is what it is, man. The White Sox uh, shut out the fightings. And uh, here we are. So, you know. Uh, I wish there was a lot more positive to talk about since we've last done this, uh, a week ago, but, uh, you oh, know, Grimtall, thanks for a reset. I'll take Appreciate one it. when we can get one here. So, boy, that Grimtall, man, he just, he just loves to keep us honest month after month keeps. after month. So keeps on ticking. Yeah, he sure does. So how you doing, man? How's things?
0: Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, they won because of because of the resub. That is entirely possible. Hey, well, um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I've been, I gotta say, um, for the most part, the you know because I watch minor league baseball so much, um, I've been really busy. But the good thing is, is that it's actually been enjoyable to watch. You know, so that's been uh, really cool. Unfortunately, wasn't able to watch the uh, the dash onslaught tonight. Um, because they're playing against the Asheville tourists who in the year of our Lord, 2023, still do not have cameras at their stadium and do not have a stream. I don't understand, but, um, last I looked, uh, they were up 11 to three. So, um, a lot of offense going on there. Um, Jonathan Cannon pitched for them tonight. And, uh, from what I saw, had a pretty good outing as well. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Sean Burke, you know, uh, made his way back from the, the, uh, IL today Indeed. In, uh, for Charlotte and, um, his outing did not go quite as well as we would have hoped. Um, first inning was great. 10 pitches, three ground outs, and then, uh you know wheels kind of fell off with the command in the second inning and he walked uh three guys he struck out two in the same inning but uh he ended up giving up a grand slam so that was unfortunate and he got pulled right pulled right after that because he had hit his 30 pitch mark. so that's a that's a bummer you know um but you know what are you gonna do um
1: first start you know back from the il so uh that would be uh that would be one of those uh, starts where uh rig would say something along the lines of uh he's hitting his uh he's hitting his benchmarks he's he's you know he's he's on his timeline uh you know we're we're not really looking at results right now we just want to make sure that uh, you know we we've got goals set in place and uh you know he he's hitting those reaching those goals type of thing you know he'll spin it but uh you know like you said he he is coming back off of a a long layoff and uh you know it's just nice to see him back on a mound and have some successes along with you know some hiccups but again it's you know it's first it's first time out after a while so you know you're going to give the guy a little bit of leeway at this point in time, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah,
0: 100%. (laughs) And, you know, like the thing is that, you know, I think that um, even, you know, I think he had, uh, I think he got pulled with like 40, 49 pitches or something like that. Uh, Let me take a look here. Uh, He got pulled. Just did something goofy. Um, He got pulled with 43 pitches, and I'm sure that, you know, there was probably – you know, I'm sure that they probably had, like, a 50-pitch limit for him anyway, and they probably would have – even if he had pitched really, really well, they probably would have only had him get up and down three times, you know, and they would have pulled him after the third regardless. Um, But, uh, you know, five five earned runs, you know, he walked one in and then gave up a grand slam. So it's not exactly, you know, how he – probably was looking to start the season but um you know overall not a not a bad you know you know at least in the in the first inning he got got out of there quick and there was that you know you could tell that he lost command of like pretty much all of his pitches in the second inning and not really a whole lot you could do there so uh but um yeah we'll talk over some of the uh Other pleasing things from uh, minor league baseball here in a while.
1: Um, But uh, uh, command might be a word we use a a, a bit tonight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I guess we could start off with uh, game one of today. Well, I guess we already started off with game two, but we'll start, you know, uh, we'll go back to uh, game one here. Uh, Lance Lane comes out, and in the first inning, you know, as has been the case. So far this season, uh, his first inning, his first couple innings were kind of rough, you know, and the pitch count got uh, escalated right off the bat. I think he had like 35 pitches or something in the first inning.
1: Um, Yeah, right around 70 or more by the third, like not not ideal.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, obviously I'm sure that that's something that they're looking to work on. You know, um, there's been a lot of discourse over the last, I don't know, say week and a half about uh, whether Ethan Katz is actually any good at his job. Any thoughts on on that?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, you and I and uh, Logan Hard of uh, White Sox Daily were having a little bit of a conversation about this this afternoon. I had a couple of moments at lunchtime to uh you know break away from work, but the thing is, is when you look at entire almost an entire staff, whether it be you know the starting rotation plus bullpen, you know, we're not I'm not even gonna try to break up the you know the two from each other. The pitching as a whole on this White Sox team has had command issues pretty much since the very beginning of this season. Uh, including, you know, Dylan Cease, who everybody wants to put on a pedestal. Uh, Yeah, sure, Dylan Cease, you know, you could say, you know, looking at the numbers, has pitched really well. But the reality is is he's fallen behind in counts quite a few times. He has made some mistakes that haven't really been hit all that hard. Um, But, uh, you know, the walks are there still, and pitch counts are getting up. And, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine, like Logan said, that an entire staff would just lose its command all at the same time at once. Uh, But, you know, my retort to that is, is I find it hard to believe that they're all going to find it all at once, too. So uh, (laughs) it's, it's difficult to say if, you know, how much of that falls on Ethan Katz. Uh, you know, did these guys what? They, what were they doing in the off season? We're not really sure. We heard some reports of of guys, you know, doing throwing programs that maybe not necessarily haven't been done in some time. Uh, you know, guys changing deliveries. I Lucas Giolito was the one that's what I've talked about the most. So I don't know. Maybe they're just working through some growing pains. But you kind of hope that those things work themselves out before the start of the season, right? Especially if you're starting those throwing programs early. I don't know how much of the blame falls on Ethan Katz, but it does not look good. You know, no. you, you've got an entire yeah. you've got an entire MLB club full of pitchers that just seem to be kind of flat at the moment when it comes to command. Uh, you know, I don't really know. I, I'd like to kind of get your thought on that because I, I'm flabbergasted. I, I really am at a loss here.
0: Well, I want to uh, you know. In a little bit, I want to get into uh, the bullpen, and I kind of want to do like a, a confidence meter for you, and ask you how you know how you're feeling about uh, about particular members of the bullpen. Okay. But um, <laughs> it's not be interesting. I, th- this is yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, exactly. Uh, as as far as I I think uh, with Ethan Katz is that when you've got 13 pitchers and they've shuffled several of them in and out. So, I mean, really that number is at like 20 already. Um, right. it, it, when you're looking at command issues and you've got, you know, if you've got a pitching staff and say, you've got one guy who just seems to have lost his command, you can take some extra time with him, go over the film and try and work through with him what has changed that seems like it's causing issues with his delivery or his mechanics or with his grips or whatever it is. You know, if something's leaking, you can go ahead and look at that. You know, there there are, a, 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 there are so many things that could be possibly going wrong. right? And when you've got 13 of them who are all having issues you know, or 12 of them who are having issues with their command. You know, I have to think that Ethan Katz feels like the roof's caving in on him, you know, because he's got, he's got pitchers that have elevated pitch counts through three innings, almost every single game. He's got, uh, relievers who can't hold a lead to save their lives. Most of the time, um, nobody's being a stopper i mean you know raylo in this in this game you know great you know that that he got through it and everything but i mean it just it's like every time you turn around somebody's walking somebody you know you're walking a three game series team record amount of players you know opposing you know mem- members of the team you know in the last series, you know, it's, it's just one thing after another. And it's, it's like every time you look, there's somebody on base and they're getting on there without actually having to do anything. So it, you know, obviously that affects the offense because the offense has to work harder. I mean, there's, it's just so, so many things going wrong at the same time. And I, I, have a very, very hard time believing that all of a sudden Ethan Katz doesn't know what he's doing. You know, I, if anything, you know, I had thought about one thing that could have possibly caused this was maybe going a little bit easier on the pitching staff in spring training that they didn't get enough reps in possibly because they were trying to keep pitch counts down to keep everybody healthy. Um, that could be one reason. Um, I mean, there's just so many different reasons that things could be going wrong. And it seemingly everything is, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, uh, you know, if you looked at their, uh, you know, I was looking at the, at the league wide records yesterday and like the White Sox would be in sixth place in the AL East, you know, I mean, there's no six teams in any, in any division, but if they were in that division, they'd be in sixth place, you know, I mean, it's, it's just ugly all the way around. And, um, Yeah, that's I guess that's that's my feeling on the whole Ethan Katz thing is I I don't think that it's on him because and and I don't, you know, same thing. uh, I don't feel it's on Griffol either, because every time he puts somebody in there, they just like the wheels just immediately fall off. So, I mean, it's
1: it's can you almost unfathomable? Honestly, uh, yeah, it's insane. You know, I and I you're right. And I think you went before I kind of stepped on you there. Uh, I I believe you were going to ask me, like, can you blame him? Can you blame the manager? And I don't, I'd have to say no. You know, obviously he sits in the, in the driver's seat, right. And he's going to be the one that's going to take, you know, most of the heat, you know, we're already seeing the, uh, the tweets out there on the socials and, you know, anywhere you look and read anything about the white Sox, and people, there's, there's the, that contingent of, of TLR stands still out there saying, see it wasn't TLR, it was all, it was oh, these, it was these oh, heartless players who just, Rick Hahn, the con, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, wait a minute, man. It. You know, we said this last week. It's still only the middle of April. Let's, you know, pump the brakes on that a little bit. But it's also very hard not to be frustrated when you watch these games. Uh, I, I, I understand that frustration, but, uh, you know, before we start placing blame and pointing fingers, uh you have to take a step back and i said this last week and kind of look at where we can place the blame and it, there's you're not going to have that cultural shift that that shift in mindset and i mean we're talking about a lot of moving parts that have changed over this past winter with not just coaching staff but with new tech with new techniques with new types of training uh, new types of coaching new philosophies on on how things are supposed to be done all those moving parts you know you're not just changing one cog in the in in the the gear here right you are realigning every piece of equipment changing the whole gearbox right and and you're you're tweaking things from you know front to back top to bottom you might need to continue to tweak things for a while to find that sweet spot. So I, I just, you know, want to reiterate, yeah, I'm I'm trying to be patient. It's difficult. It but is. I but I'm trying to be patient. You know, they have been a tough watch in a lot of cases. Again, have they been more entertaining in some instances? Absolutely. But you know, you mentioned the fact that it seems like the you know the offense. It kind of does its thing here and there, and, and the pitching just can't seem to put it together. But, you know, the Sox are not awful in, in runs scored right now, right? They're they're probably a little bit better than middle of the pack. Uh, you know, they might even be close to top 10, I would say, in runs scored. But they're tied for second to last in runs allowed, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that changed uh, at the end of this game. Um, but you know, I was just kind of looking at these things this afternoon, but the run differential is not great. You know, we're well, for the record, I don't think it was that bad, actually. Well, I I guess negative 17 before, before today. I I mean, I guess it's just. I, you're probably, I I think they're like negative 19, something like that. It's, it's, it's not awful considering. I, yeah, I don't know. I think they're at 84 or 85 runs scored somewhere. I, I don't know the exact number, but you're, you're right. You're close either way. But when you are looking at the amount of runs allowed, especially from the bullpen, which has been kind of the Sox bread and butter, or at least was touted to be the Sox bread and butter the last couple of years here. And, and you know, it hasn't been awful up until this season, really, honestly, right? You know, there have been some hiccups here and there, but golly, I mean, this year they are just giving up all kinds of runs. And the offense yeah. does seem to be clicking. And, you know, you're sitting at 104 or whatever it is, 106 runs allowed versus the 80 some odd runs you're scoring. You're going to lose games. You got to get these things, commanders, that word, you got to get the command together. We got, you know, I mentioned in that chat that you and I had this afternoon with uh, Logan. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things I said is these guys look like they're trying to Picasso a lot of things. You know, they're trying to paint corners and they get behind an account and then they've got to throw a fat one over the middle. And, the, you know, teams are not going to these are major league hitters and we haven't played slouchy lineups. You know, we can look at records, but. For the most part, I mean, most of the lineups they've faced are are they have the potential to do some damage. And if you're gonna throw some mistakes over the plate or throw that fat one because you're so far behind in the count, you have to guys are gonna tee off. It's just how it's gonna go. So my thing is I'd like to see these guys attack a little bit more early in you know at bats, it, both sides of the ball, but yeah. especially the pitching staff, just get out there and attack. You know, throw your best pitches up there. Let these guys and don't hang them. You know, obviously. Yeah. But I guess well, that's all I mean, easier said than done, right? Of course it is.
0: You know, it's, <laughs> I was actually thinking about that as uh, you know, working my, you know, I was coaching at my kids' uh, tournament over the weekend, and this pitcher uh, started the last game, and uh, you know, for the other team, and he walked like I think like three or four guys in in the first inning. Um. And they managed to get out of it, uh, only giving up like a couple of runs. And the second inning, he's i think he walked two to start off the next inning, and then they, and then they pulled him. And uh, you know, he's—you know—he he couldn't throw strikes, and so he he gets moved to first base. And uh, there's another pitcher that's pitching who walked a couple of guys, and he's like, "Hey, you you're good, man. You're good. Just throw strikes." And I'm sitting here thinking to myself. Well, if it was that easy, why didn't you do it? You know, I mean, like sometimes, you know, it's just it's not that easy that there's just a, a switch that you can flip right. and then, you know, all all of a sudden you can throw strikes. You know, uh, one of the things that Steve Stone likes to says say is uh, what's his best pitch, and it's strike one. You know, so you know it's it's you, part of the problem is is that the the pitchers aren't getting ahead in counts because they're. You know, starting counts off one and zero half the time. You know, right? It's hard to hard to you know pitch around first. You know, first pitch balls all the time. You know,
1: right? And and you know, and that's the so. thing. Like, you look at we talk about Lucas Giolito having a, a, an outing today, right? He goes six innings, uh, gives up zero hits, only one walk, uh, seven strikeouts, uh, one hit batter. I believe, it? yeah, there was a hit-by-pitch in there. So he had two base runners, one walk and one hit-by-pitch. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, at the same time, we're talking about a guy who who's no-hitting the Phillies and only makes it through six innings with 102 pitches. And why is that? Because you're, you know, sure, guys are following some pitches off. That's going to happen. But, you know, there are some times when, Pitch counts are getting a little bit higher because you're you're either falling behind in the count, or when you do get ahead in the count, you're maybe trying to get a little too cute, you know. And uh, I, I again, I would just like to see the confidence level kind of build in these guys and just go after some of these batters a little bit. You know, I'm not saying throw them the meatball right down the middle because we've seen that movie and uh, you know that San Francisco series. They saw a lot of those. And we saw a lot of those balls go out of the park. We've seen a lot of balls go out of the park for the better part of this, you know, early season. But I, again, you know, like you said, what's your best pitch? And we we can talk about strike one all we want, but I sure would like to see strike three every now and again too, or, you know, soft contact to, to get a batter out.
0: Yeah. So uh, Grimtel says, I blame Jose Ruiz. He says, "I can't imagine Lynn finishing the season with a seventy ERA." Yeah, no. And it, the thing is, is that I I feel like th- just un- an unfortunate, you know, just chain of events of for literally everybody. It's just it, everybody's having their worst time right now. It's like if you look at the team whip, the team whips like one point eight. You know, which is Ouch. brutal. Um, uh, speaking of Jose Ruiz, his his whip was like 3.27 or something like that, uh, before getting uh, sent to Arizona and in his first appearance, uh, giving up a bomb, <laughs> you know, shockingly. Um, but, uh, he says, why does every Sox reliever have to throw 99? And that's a good question. Um, it does, you know, like th- there is the thing that, you know, the average fastball for the White Sox does seem to be in the 97, 98 mile an hour, you know, area, somewhere in that area anyway. um, And I don't know, you know, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. You know, It's if you look league-wide, it's, it's not uh, necessarily a – they're not an outlier, you know. It's like most teams have gone to, uh, you know, 98-mile-an-hour bullpen arms. It's just kind of the way it's gone, and especially now that there's not loogies, you know, and you have to have a three-better minimum, I have to imagine that the numbers show up a lot better for high-velocity pitchers than low-velocity pitchers in short bursts like that. I would think that for a one out scenario. Yeah. You could get away with a guy that's got like a, a funky delivery or if they, you know, like, I mean for multiple, multiple outs, that guy with the weird delivery, he has got to be really good. Right. You know, right. because he's not going to fool three guys in a row with smoke and mirrors like they used to be able to do. So that's my guess.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, just going back to what uh, Grimtal was saying about you know all these and you, uh, you know about everybody being on that part of the, the the year where they're all at their worst at the same time. I mean i I hope that's true because if we're seeing the worst of it and they're only going to get better from here, uh, maybe things do kind of change and swing. Maybe not overnight, but kind of all in the same short period of time where. You know, it's very possible. We've seen teams do it before where they go on these streaks and they just start ripping off win after win after win. Uh, And on paper, you would think this White Sox team is capable of doing that kind of thing. But, you know, again, I'm in that state of mind of you got to show me something here. And they're really not showing it. Uh, it, there's There's a fine line between Doing and trying to do, I guess, and I, I guarantee, it, <laughs> I would, I would guarantee that anybody, yeah, there is no try, <laughs> uh, but do or do not. Right. There is no try. I, I would guarantee that every one of these guys is telling, there's going to go out there and tell you, "Well, I'm trying to do my job." But the thing is, is you, you can try all you want. You really, you're a professional baseball player. Now is the time to find that focus that seems to just not quite be there. The laser focus just isn't quite there yet. So, I, you know, I don't really have the answers. I wish I did. and But I'm, yeah. I'm not seeing anything that tells me this is just going to turn around. Over. Well,
0: I mean, I, I will say this, you know, like uh, one of the things that has been better over the last, I don't know, uh, 10 games or so, is that the starters have gotten um, a little, you know, like uh, they've started to bounce back a little bit. The the one issue is that they're not giving you the length that you need. You know, you're not, you're getting five innings, six innings max out of these guys. And that's an issue because, you know, Jimmy Lambert today made his 10th appearance 17 games into the season. That is absurd. The guy's arm's going to fall off you know and i mean you know he used to be a starter so you know he's not completely uh you know just a short in you know a short one inning guy you can get multiple innings out of him because he's at least a little bit stretched out just from having done that for a long time but 10 appearances in 17 games is ridiculous
1: well and there's a big difference you know? between being able to go multiple innings uh one day and pitching one inning 3 or 4 days straight you know you're the fatigue on your arm the soreness that sets in after throwing like that you know especially if you're going out there and you're throwing hard for one inning uh you know as a former pitcher myself again not trying to compare myself to any of these guys but you know yes you are oh absolutely <laughs> uh but you know the, the it it you get that soreness you get that tenderness you get that Uh, You got to knock the rust off just to be able to get going after throwing a few times like that. So, you know, you might be able to have a Jimmy Lamb that gets you 90, 100 innings in a season. But I would much rather see that come in, say, a two inning outing every third or fourth day rather than pitching three or four days straight, one inning. And having the same amount of innings build up. The, the, the difference in uh recovery time and, and what it's gonna do for his you know aches and pains is gonna be light years between you know those two scenarios. Yeah. Deekman up to ten appearances as well, says Xavier Sanchez. Good evening, Xavier. Good to see you. Yeah. How you doing Xavier?
0: Yeah, th- this is, and see, this is the issue is that Diekman's up to 10 appearances and he's got like a, a 1.82 whip or something like that. That's not good. You don't you know. Say. Um, <laughs> it, well, I mean, obviously, but the thing is, is that, uh, you know, again, to fall back on Grafahl, I don't know what he's supposed to do. You're getting five innings out of your starters. If you're lucky. Most of you know, like half the time, um, somebody's got to eat these innings. You know, you, you regardless, you can't just say, uh, oh, well, you know, we only got five innings out of our starter, uh, we're only going to play seven innings today. You know, like you can't do that. You, that's
1: that's partial, you know, partially the reason
0: why they keep on bussing guys in and out. I was just
1: gonna say, Charlotte, you know, the, the one thing that you know, we've talked about this many times before. One thing that the White Sox are pretty good at is developing bullpen pitchers. Uh, unfortunately, the way things are going early on here it seems like there's going to be a revolving door for most of the season. And, uh, you know, we might be uh, we might be eating up some service time on guys that are only going to be here and gone, you know, two or three times this season just to come and eat up some innings because these guys have been so overtaxed.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a, like even like uh, even... Uh, starting pitcher number five, who's sitting at a 2.20 ERA. He's only got 16.1 innings in three games. You know, so he's even he's you know even though he's not given up, you know he's given up four runs in 16 innings. That part's great. You know, the fact that he's you know getting a decent amount of strikeouts per game for the most part. That part's great as well. No, oh, but the pitch uh, the pitch counts themselves not awesome. Yeah, well he's also he's almost you know, he's at like a I think his walk to strikeout ratio is like it's 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 entirely too close. He's walking almost as many guys as he's striking out. Um I think it's like if he's striking out five a game, he's walking four. Like that's that's an issue. And that's why that's another reason why his, his pitch counts elevate so early in early in the game and he's only pitching five innings. And uh you know, like that's you know, it's it's that's not useful through an entire season. No, it is not. You know? Because all it's doing is just taxing the bullpen over and over and over again. And obviously we're seeing that already with multiple guys with 10 appearances through 17 or 18 and what is it like 18 or 19 games now 18 games now after the second game yeah
1: I mean that's just 7 and 11 they are good. at this point so yeah 18 games
0: oh yeah so there's that uh, let's talk about something positive sure let's do that um, but it's only positive to a point no <laughs> So I don't
1: wanna get I don't wanna uh, get you too happy. It was just a way to um, set me up just to knock me down, man.
0: Yeah, you know, like I can't I can't just make everything happy. I mean, that's just, that's silly, you know. We're we're not doing that no, kind of thing. Four
1: games below five hundred, we can't be extre- extremely ecstatic here today. That's just no it wouldn't be right. Yeah,
0: no, we're not going we're not doing that here. Um we'll find the positives, so, but
1: we're not gonna you know
0: yeah, we're not gonna be I'll talk about bold. I'll I'll talk about a positive. Uh, but as an overall, it's really a negative. But uh, we'll talk about the positive here. Um, Jake Berger. Hey, another home run. He now has five home runs and he's tied for the lead on the team in home runs at five with Luis Robert. Yeah,
1: it was a rocket.
0: 118.2 miles per hour, the second hardest hit base uh, ball in baseball this year. Um, that's Awesome. And Jake Berger uh, hit a home run four days in a row. That is ridiculous. The dude's on like an absurd heater right now, and that's awesome. Uh, the issue is that he between he and Luis Robert, he they, those guys have more home runs than the rest of the team. Oh yeah, so that's not good. Uh, second of all. Uh, He has played uh, in 10 games, and he's got 26 at-bats, and he's got five home runs. So he hits a home run one of every five at-bats almost, which is amazing. Uh, The
1: issue is— Unsustainable, but amazing.
0: Yeah, of course it's unsustainable. But, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, (sighs) it's— For him to only have 26 at bats and have the team lead in home runs when Luis Roberts got three times the amount of at bats, right? That's not good. Right. Um, when Colas has got twice the amount of at bats, has one home run. Uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, the same amount of at bats almost, one home run. And like that's the whole reason for Sheets being there is for his power bat. Right. Now his. You know, his OPS is eight forty three, which is, you know, that's that's a nice number. But you're putting him in left field and right field where he's not qualified to play. That is not
1: conducive to winning
0: games. (laughs) And then also the reason why you're putting him in there is for his left handed power bat and he's and it doesn't have any power. Yeah, he's got he's got I mean he does have nine he's got nine doubles. So I mean that's great.
1: Fantastic. But uh, but you know what? If you've got a bunch of guys that hit doubles, you know, are you going to score some runs? Sure. And they've shown they can do that. But is that going to lead to enough? Well, runs over- zero, sorry. Zero doubles. I was
0: looking the next column over. I was He's got say, nine I hits. Nine hits. Yeah. No, no, no. I was thinking of, uh, <laughs> I was looking at uh, Yasmani's number the right above it.
1: I figured you um, had it in front of you, so I was just going to go with it. But I, yeah. I, to be honest, I was thinking to myself, I don't remember seeing... Uh, yeah, old no. Gavin, uh legging no, anything he's got, out? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's got
0: he's got zero doubles. He has zero triples. He has one home run in his nine hits and twenty nine at bats. So his so his average is great, but they're all singles, right? And like I said, that's the entire reason that you stuck him into right field so he could botch that fly ball or that line drive in right oh. field. That's ugly. That. More or less ruined Geo's start, or at least started the ball, you know, really snowballing. Um, if you're not getting power numbers out of him, he should not be here. Right. And right. I don't care what you do with him, send him to AAA, trade him. Not that he's got a huge amount of value, but you know what? You could probably get a bullpen arm for him.
1: Gonna need a few of those, you, you know? know. The way things are going, yeah, clearly. Maybe we um, can, maybe we can bring Crimble back.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he made he, uh, he, you know, he made quick work of the White Sox earlier today. He sure did in
1: that first game.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just the the, the I mean, the offense is is pretty frustrating. Uh, you know, in the general. Good one for um, me
1: right now, you know, obviously with Yoan getting off to a uh, Start early uh in this twenty twenty-three season. And then uh, you know, having that like we've talked about before, that 0 for 11 snap before he fouled that one off his foot, and then you know, going down with the back soreness. You kinda hope that maybe there was a little bit more power in that bat, although he was hitting some doubles in there and and, and moving guys around, and it was good to see. But you know, Jake has kind of come up and done his thing with the stick while Yoan's been down. My biggest issue right now is what in the world is going on with our boy Elroy, Mr. Aloy Jimenez. You know, is he so focused on trying to get back out into the field like he was all offseason? You know, because we saw the second half of last year when he came back and took on that DH role, it looked like he kind of embraced it and he ran away with it and he hit a ton. And all we heard about him saying this offseason was how he wanted to get back out in the field. I don't want to be a DH. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to play in the outfield almost every day. You watch. Mm, I'm going to do it. Yes. I'm going to win that spot. You watch how it happen. Now? And that has not happened. And neither has the stick. Ooh, what's going well, on here?
0: No idea. I have no idea why that happened. That was really weird. There we go. Yeah, it was everything. Everything just disappeared. That was really bizarre. Um, probably has to do with my uh, my monitor configuration over here. Um, yeah, Grimtel says that he's having a decent April, more walks than K's as far as sheets goes, and I, I agree with that. What the issue is is that decent. And having six walks and you know, and over four Ks, but then having eight singles and one home run. If you can't play defense, you don't have a job in Major League Baseball doing
1: that. No, because as just a DH, don't. you want to see more power. You want to see more extra base hits. It's just how the yeah. story and goes. He
0: is not
1: an outfielder.
0: If he was playing first base, still not good enough. No.
1: Corner infielders got to have some power some pop. You know, it's just the way the game is these days. You don't see yeah. the. You know, we haven't seen a Mark Grace type since Mark Grace.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, for the most part. I mean, like the th- if you know if he was a second baseman, okay, you know, fine, you can deal with that because there's not a lot of second basemen that you can see that uh, that you know have a lot of power. You, there's a few, but you know, Bobichet Bich- and a couple of other guys, but you know yeah you just can't you can't do that at the positions that he's supposed to be at and and have it be okay uh let's see Ben is having a good year so far i thought he'd come here and have the Sox free agent curse i 100% did as well and at least he's you know he is doing what he was built to do which is to get on base and i'm okay with that because he is good at it but he but the thing is is that he can at least play a competent left field. As you've seen with Gavin Sheets over and over and over again, competent is not a word I would use to describe his outfield play. And it's unfortunate. Uh, unfortunate, It's uh, unfortunate, you know. I wish that he was uh, at least halfway decent at the outfield, but you know, when he's out there flopping around like a fish, it's just, uh, it's no bueno. You know, it costs you games
1: doing that. So I mean, the still frame of him laying on the ground, looking over his his right shoulder, back towards, uh, back towards the infield, even though the ball was actually already past him in the outfield. Was like, I, I mean, that picture was worth a thousand words. They were all so four letter luckily. words.
0: <laughs> yes. Ten uh at least ten words. How about that? All right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> man. Um yeah, so let's go ahead and I, I brought up something positive. Uh so we could feel good about ourselves for a few seconds. Sure. Um th- enough of that. All right. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and uh move to the bullpen here
1: yeah and, oh, and uh, here we go' bring us I'm right going back down. to
0: yeah you know absolutely like <laughs> i said we can't have too much we can't have too much feeling good because that's you know that's not uh, realistic i, I want to keep true to uh how white sox fans actually feel here with this um uh, present company included by the way yes um let's go ahead and uh with one being the least. And ten being the best, and you, they they can all have the same the same number if you want. Uh, I'm just simply giving you a grading scale here. Um, okay. Let's just go ahead and go in. Uh, hold on one second. Let me go ahead and bring this up right here. Where's that? Right here. Dooby dooby doo.
1: Oh, this is. Oof! I mean, I don't mind giving my opinion and throwing my assessment out there, but ooh, this is gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard to.
0: Oh, Dalsteak, nice. how you
1: doing? Good to see ya. Whoa. you. Whoa! <laughs> hey, all right, well, I'll take that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Don't get that too often, especially no. Grimtall. Especially Grimtall saying stuff like that. He's not nice.
1: Yeah, well, you know.
0: He says, I'm not going to blame Gavin. I wouldn't blame Gavin either. I'm 100% with you on that, uh, Grimtall. This is 100% a roster construction I issue. I was just going to say. Uh, this is not a Gavin Sheets issue. His See, the thing about, and here's the thing Gavin Sheets was never a power hitter. They projected that he would have power. But his game has always been bat to ball gap to gap doubles that's always been his thing and they got lucky that they caught lightning in a bottle and you know got like what's fourteen fifteen home runs or whatever it was out of him last year
1: well and that's the thing in in short bursts he's shown some some power where it just seems like there's a six or eight or ten game streak where he'll come out and hit five or six. And some of them are moon shots. You know what I mean? They're you yep. know, they're they're upper tankers in some parks and and concourse shots, but you know the consistency just is never really been there as far as yeah. you know having that big left yeah. power bat. And you would hope that his bat would play at the cell or whatever you want to call it to down Arrow Field, U.S. Comiscular Park. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the short porch, friendly right field out there, you would think that uh, it would play for him. But a lot of his home runs have come up. so, I mean, you know, it's difficult to uh, kind of pinpoint why a guy his size isn't hitting fat bombs out there in right field, but it, it's not happening regardless. It's just
0: not, it's not, it's not his thing. It's not that he doesn't have power because he does have power. It's just the, the home run things, not like his primary skill set. you know? Um, you know, and it's, uh, the thing is, is I've always liked him, you know, throughout the farm system. And I, I like Gavin. It's just that he's a, not an outfielder and B powers, not the main component of his hit tool. Like that's just not what his not what his deal is. Like he was always one of those like middle of the road power guys with a really, really good hit tool. And uh is what it is. What you gonna do? All right, so uh Oof. Oof. All right, here we go. All right, so let's go ahead and start with a guy who just came back. Um and I'm only gonna I'm only gonna talk about the guys that are currently on the twenty six man roster, I'm not going to talk about uh, you know guys that are, that got sent down like Schultens or you know stuff like that. I, I'm not going to talk about those guys. Okay. Uh, but uh, speaking of, did you happen to catch Jesse Schultens' uh, return to Charlotte the other day? Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see the the tweet on that? I did. <laughs> He's not happy he's back in Charlotte, apparently.
1: Uh, no, he wants to be with the big league club, and he showed it. Yeah. 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 I think what he had 11 Ks. I mean, just. I think. He, he was, yeah, he was putting a little stank on it down there in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, That was nice.
0: Yeah. That was, you know, it's uh not often that you could see stuff like that. All right, so let's go ahead and start.
1: Um tall says nasty. It, yeah, it, yes. yes. He was. Uh so the scenario
0: that I'm going I'm gonna actually I'm gonna I'm gonna pose uh two different scenarios. Um and I want you to grade it one to ten. Okay. One not confident at all to ten extremely confident. Uh, Tanner Banks, in the first scenario, seventh inning, up two runs, uh, fresh inning. Uh,
1: You know what? Wow, that's kind of awesome. Seventh inning, up two runs. I'm going to go with uh, seven and a half to an eight, just because I like Tanner Banks in in a clean inning.
0: Yeah. Nice uh nice lefty arm, you know. I mean, he's uh you know, uh, it's nice to see, you know, that he's getting some run. I was uh, at one point I thought that he was never going to make it up and he was going to end up somewhere else. Uh but he's
1: he's uh you know, been nice out of the bullpen for the Sox. It's Yeah, he's no spring chicken, um, but uh, you know, he's oh. he's got some confidence and and I like it. Especially with, you know, like I said, the clean inning. Yes.
0: Now. Uh 7th inning. Men on first and second
1: up 2 runs. Well, now you know I think that confidence drops down to I'm going to give I'm going to put a little more confidence in him than some of the other guys in the bullpen so I'll drop that number to about a four and a half, say five. Okay. I'll, I'll run right in the middle of the packet five with him just because I'd rather see him than some of the other people out there.
0: Okay. That that's fair enough. Now I'm going to use the two, the two same scenarios uh, for all these guys. Okay. Um, but I'm going in alphabetical order. All right. Uh, just because I don't want to show any uh, favoritism. favoritism here. <laughs> um, but think about where we are, because we're at the very beginning of things. If you start assigning too high a number, by the time you get to somebody who's really cheeks, uh, the is going to be not going to be lo- You're not going to be able to get low enough, is Roger what I'm that. saying here.
1: Roger that. Uh, well, so I, like, second, I still feel like that's fair for Tanner yeah. we'll, we'll No, we'll, no. We'll I, a solid five. I agree.
0: I'm just simply stating that you have plenty of arms to go through here.
1: I will, and there's uh, a lot of bad out there. I will. Hey, try pusher, keep... how you doing? Thanks for stopping in. Oh, good evening. Uh, I will. I will try to curb my enthusiasm one way or the other here. I will. I will do my best. Sounds pretty pretty good.
0: Um, all right. So, uh, next pitcher in alphabetical order: Aaron Bummer. Hoof. All right, starting the seventh, no base runners, clean inning.
1: Uh, I'll I'll give him six and a half, seven, clean inning. All right, first and second,
0: seventh inning. Uh, Let's go ahead and say uh, one out.
1: I'll give him one out, first and second. He likes to deal a lot of ground balls, so I'm not going to curb that one too much. I'll say I'm, I'll move that down to uh from a from a six and a half seven to uh five and a half six with one out zero outs now that that number drops probably back down to about a a five again, maybe lower. Yeah,
0: see that's that's my issue with Aaron Bummer is that there's a lot. Yes, there's a lot of ground balls, but it's
1: Hard ground balls. Well, this is true. That's uh, that's the, the issue. The and he on does the shift, give up a lot of hits. The ban on the shift yeah. is definitely uh, plagued a handful of the guys in the bullpen this year.
0: Well, see, the thing was, is that, you know, no matter what it, it, it and it, this has followed him for a few years, that it doesn't matter where you put your infielders the hitter always seems to find oh. <laughs> the perfect spot right in the middle of him when Aaron Bummer's pitching and I'm not entirely sure why that is because his sinker is deadly, his slider's ugly. I mean, like his he he's got really nasty movement on his pitches and he throws hard. Uh it's just his command, you know, like he ends up leaving it in the zone a little bit too much and it ends up getting him touched up, but okay. All right. Uh moving along next in alphabetical order Jake Cheekman 7th inning 0 outs fresh in, fresh inning yeah
1: uh confidence no runs confidence level oh so we're we're in a tie ball game or no no i'm saying you're up 2
0: runs but uh you know what's your confidence that he's not going to give up anything that he's not going to give up anything yeah three <laughs> hey you're you your' your uh has got four, <laughs> so he's he's a little bit more confident than you are okay. all right, so men on first and second with one out in the seventh inning
1: oh, we're gonna go what's negative, your confidence there negative point five <laughs> I mean he's gonna implode
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> because those aren't those aren't he didn't allow those guys on base.
1: it doesn't matter
0: right because we have established from last stream that his 1.8 in whip is going to be either from uh he's going to walk the bases loaded and then s- the next guy might strike out but then he's going to give up a hit and at least and two one- of the guys from the other pitcher right. are going to score so he doesn't get charged with it right exactly his whip goes up but he'll ERA get a ground out on, or a fly out on the next out so none of his guys will score. Right.
1: ERA stays relatively uh, respectable but the whip looks fairly atrocious. Yeah.
0: His uh inherited runners scored um oh. that's going to be an adventure to follow all year long.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know that there is going to be an all year to follow. <laughs> uh he, well, yeah, well,
0: I you know he was the sole addition at the trade deadline last year. Uh, yeah. You know, so
1: yeah, well, it was a priority. I'm, you know, I'm going to knock on wood here and I'm going to say that there's a handful of guys that are on their way back. All right, we, you know, we already know we've talked about uh, Liam and Garrett crochet. Uh, there's That's a, true. there's a couple other arms in the minor leagues that I think are, are capable of coming up here and doing some things. So, you know, barring uh, an absolute implosion uh, by other bullpen pitchers, I, I I tend to think that that Jake is going to have limited time on the south side when uh, when some of these guys start making their way up. Got a. Uh... Got a
0: nice reference here. Grimtall says he's like the opposite of the 2005 Cliff Polite. Uh, <laughs> how how did you think you were going to have a Cliff Polite reference tonight? I, did I didn't. Not. Bravo. <laughs> Do not well done. Um, moving along. Uh one of the other uh, guys that's been uh, assembled in this bullpen. Um, a free agent signing. Kendall Graveman. Seventh inning, nobody, nobody on. Up two runs.
1: Uh, whew, that's a tough one. Uh it depends on which Kendall Graveman shows up that day. Because we do see those days where he's, you know, filthy and, and seems like he's on. And then there's other days where yeah, he's he's cheeks too. I'm gonna so I guess in a clean inning, I'll give him a five. That's exactly what I was gonna say because your odds of a solo shot.
0: It's it's a it's a fifty fifty heads or tails yeah you don't much. know what you're gonna get you might you get- could get you could you could get a walk and then a solo and and then uh, and then a home run you could just get a solo home run you could get two strikeouts and a ground out you right.
1: just don't know right if you get if you get focused you know lights out Graveman could be a great inning could come out and get you a, a eight ten pitch one two three inning or you get the other Kendall Graveman who doesn't have and and you know, like you said, comes out and walks the first bat. If he walks the first batter inning, forget it. It's yeah. If he struggles through the first batter inning, you can already you can tell pretty much right away whether he's got his best stuff or not.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's no bueno. <laughs> um, that's pretty much exactly
1: how I feel about it. Uh, so. Uh, sorry. I'm laughing at the chat
0: here. Well, no, so which he says the, the bullpen catcher isn't well liked. Maybe the Sox bullpen catcher isn't well liked. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I haven't heard anything about either of these guys, so I'm not entirely sure, you know, maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe they got BO. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but, uh, okay. So, uh, Men on first and second, Kendall Graveman up two runs. What's the odds that you are going to
1: leave that inning with the lead still? Uh, Well, again, same reasons. You know, if you get lights out, Kendall Graveman, it could be. I'm I'm only going to drop him about to a four and a half because I still think that he's capable of keeping his composure, although we have seen the blow up. And it's for the exact same reasons. You never know which Kendall Graveman you're going to get.
0: That's fair. I, th- I think that that's totally fair. Uh, he is a professional, um, and if he's going to blow up, I don't think it really matters on the situation. Yeah. Of when he's going to blow up. It's not going to be a pressure situation. He's either got
1: it or it's he doesn't, regardless of uh, the situation with base runners or without base runners, clean inning or not. Yeah. All right. So,
0: moving along. Uh, Jimmy Lambert, Jim Bob. Seventh inning, up two runs. Where are you at?
1: Uh... Well, I, I think I'm probably on the same page as Pedro here in his 10 appearances in, in 17, 18 games. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to give him the confidence of an 8, actually. Jimmy Lambert's a pretty composed kind of dude. Now, if it's if he's going one inning, I
0: will agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's To, to me, from, from what I've noticed, is if he's up and down more than uh more than his initial inning that's where he runs into issues right. um you know just like today he got through the first inning just fine but then in the second inning not so good you know right right so um but yeah uh so uh high leverage jimmy lambert men on first and second how do how are you feeling about that
1: uh still better than most in the bullpen I'll uh, I'll only drop him down to a six and a half, seven. Uh maybe even I'll stay at a, like you say. If it's a, if it's that if it's if it's one inning, if we're looking just to get through one inning, I'll I'll kind of curb my enthusiasm at a six and a half.
0: Grimtel says, "I love me some Jim Bob Nine. <laughs>
1: uh, you know. I'm trying to keep it real here. Yeah, that's fine. Uh I don't and, and you know, before we get through this thing, I might as well just throw the disclaimer out there. Now, I don't know if I trust anybody in the White Sox bullpen currently with runners on base. You know, the way things have gone early on in the season. <laughs> the only reason that some of these guys are getting a lower number than uh they would do in a clean inning.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh Next up on the list, Reynaldo Lopez clean inning. Uh, we'll just uh, leave it at the seventh inning just because just for a uh,
1: even, even factor. Okay. Uh, Raylo coming in in the seventh inning, clean inning. I'm going to say he, I give him a seven and a half to an eight to get out of the inning containing a lead, but Chances are he's going to give up one run and cut the lead down to one, and he's going to put two other guys on base before he gets through the inning. <laughs>
0: hmm. See, I like Re- I like Ronaldo. I do. And I think he. I think he might walk somebody uh, or give up a hit, but I don't feel like. I don't feel like he's. Uh, I feel like he's better than that i guess is, okay. the, is the way i i put it i feel a little bit more um at ease with him coming into a game than i do any of these other guys except I mean, for uh
1: except for maybe um jimmy Lambert and that's pretty much where i was at i gave jimmy lambert i'll give i'll give raylo a seven and a half you with know, I think with, that's fair. with
0: men on base, I would give Reynaldo uh, a close. higher grade. I would I would say that if for me, Reynaldo would have the same grade across both, kinda along the same lines, a la Kendall Graveman, that I'm not worried about the pressure of a situation getting to Reynaldo. Me neither. Uh, the command, that's where I think that he would have like a, a thing. And and also I'm gonna throw this out there. If we're talking about uh, pitch clock confidence, Reynaldo would have my lowest grade on uh, the roster as far as pitch yeah, clock. Yeah, he
1: does seem to lose sight of confidence. that. I mean, how many pitches have we seen him get off just at, like, the one-second mark? <laughs> it happened again tonight. He, I'm watching him in this second game. Was at the eighth inning, I believe, when he came out? uh, You know, just got that one off. (laughs) Yeah. And and, I mean, they even talked about it on the broadcast. It was like, he wasn't even paying attention. Just barely got it off. So yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, And I'll also agree with keeping the number pretty similar, uh, you know, going from, uh, inning as opposed to, uh, guys on base. Uh, my only reason he's not higher or, or not as high as Jimmy Lambert is, I have confidence that Ronaldo is going to get through an inning without giving up the lead. The thing is, is he's going to make it interesting.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's going to. I a hundred percent agree with that. Like you're going to have a, the possibility of a guy being on second and third, right? And that was kind with of one out, make. entirely possible. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. I'm not going to disagree. He could give up a walk and then give up a double, and then you got a guy on second and third. Or he's given up a run and there's a guy on second. Right. I 100% agree with that, um, but you know I still have you know I, his stuff's just so nasty that I'm that I'm probably is most confident with him and and uh, a little bit over Jim Bob. Uh, so uh, the next two are going to be guys that you one um, I don't think we he was the 27th man today today and I don't think he's staying. Um and the other one is a uh, a newer addition who you've seen uh, a couple of times. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh skip over uh Nicholas Padilla, uh ex Cubs
1: farmhand. Yeah, he um, was just the 27th and, man today. I, I don't really yeah, see, uh, counts.
0: Yeah. Uh so Keenan Middleton. Um
1: clean inning. Uh, you know what? I feel pretty good about him with a clean inning. Actually, he's looked pretty good so far. Uh, and he's, he seems to have a bit of that kind of swag and confidence when he comes to the mound, uh, definitely throws some gas up there. Uh, you know, this is one of those guys we talked about. Why does everybody in the Sox bullpen have to throw, you know, 99 uh, up into triple digits, but, uh, clean inning. I'm going to go ahead and give Keenan one of my higher votes of confidence with a seven.
0: Okay, Uh yeah, with guys yeah.
1: on base. Guys on base, uh, a little bit less. I'm going to go probably drop that down to five and a half-ish just because of the lack of, well, I mean, it's not like he's had a ton of opportunities. Yeah, you just haven't seen him do it yet, right. so, so I, I don't kind of really, makes it a little bit difficult. Yeah, either. I don't have the confidence yet. I'd like to see more from him before I give a final evaluation. So I'll we'll just uh, to say I'll give him the five and a half just to stay over that 50-50 mark.
0: Okay. All right. Last and least. Um just because he's the last. I don't he's not least really. Uh but uh Gregory Santos. Another uh clean cannonball arm. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Hundred uh, hundred mile an hour.
1: <laughs> See now Gregory Santos is another one of the graveman types where if he if he's got it, he's got it. I and mean, he's throwing that fastball past everybody. Uh but in a clean inning, I'll start at about a six and a half. Okay. Uh, guys on base. Four and a half. Five. Mm. Well, you think I'm selling I, I them fe- short? I feel you are
0: being very generous. I, okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, I again, think with
0: if he came into an inning with guys on base, I have zero <laughs> confidence.
1: I, I mean, I guess- he's
0: not at least giving up one.
1: Okay, all right. Well, if we're talking about giving up one, or we're giving, I see. Now I'm thinking more like the lead. But then again, if there's two guys on base and we've only got a two-run lead, chances that's are he's going to throw, that, half- throw that. He's going to throw that hundred-mile-an-hour fastball that's middle-middle, and somebody's going to get a hold of it.
0: Somebody's gonna smoke it in the gap, and your guys from first and second are both gonna score. Because I gotta be honest,
1: John
0: Rudels. Hello, Rudles. John Rudels.
1: Yeah, the thing about um, him is, he, yeah, he throws the ball hard, but that four seamer is straight as an arrow. It doesn't Nick do, Birdyish, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I guess I can agree with you there. In you my opinion that one i'll go lower
0: yeah i just you know i i <laughs> if there's guys on base and you bring him in i just feel like it's gonna blow up it's like yeah. throwing gas on a fire you know like and the thing is is that it's not that i don't like him i just think that he doesn't have the experience yet
1: and uh i'd like to see him command it's, a really it's good not ready. pitch and you know yeah. he's got a he's got a couple of pitches actually that move but does. he doesn't command yes. them quite as well as you'd like to yet
0: says he's 6'2" 190. I don't know about that. That's
1: Santos. Also sounds very generous. Yeah. Okay. He looks like a beanpole to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well. All right. Um well, I mean, right, I guess so that, I, uh, maybe I feel like he's taller than 6'2", but if he is, and he's definitely heavier than 6'2" or 190. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Grimtall says, "I miss Jimmy Guns." Yeah. Well, is he still on the? Is he still on the Yankees?
1: Uh, I believe he is, but I believe he's hurt. Again. Yeah, I think so. Jeez, Louise.
0: Let me take a look at this. I mean, we're on. We're, is he we're just coming the, uh, back from being hurt? Yeah. I thought this was his first year.
1: Let's see. Maybe, oh. maybe that's what it is. They're expecting him back soon
0: mm he was in spring training. Let's see he's got seven games oh, this year okay. six point two innings pitched point seven five whip <sighs> okay. yeah i apparently I missed Jimmy Cordero as well, and I know and I'm a hundred percent positive that Ricky Renteria is probably calling him every day on the phone. <laughs> and Jimmy's like, hey, yo, Rick, lose my number. because you know that he could not just, he, it's like he could not wait to see him. He's like, he, he he was out in the bullpen, but Ricky wanted to hang out with him so bad. That he didn't want to leave him out in the bullpen all game, so he had to bring him into the game. So that way he would make his way to the dugout after he was done pitching because he wanted to hang out with him so bad. Well, you it's know, like they're bros, and if he could have had him over for cookouts, two hundred
1: innings—that was the one. Like you know, he was going to have just as many innings as the starter was out there.
0: So ridiculous.
1: I mean, how is his arm? You know, not in uh, in the ocean by now. Yeah, I think goats.
0: it what in this. In the sixty-game season, he had like something like forty-five appearances or something. Yeah, was... something absurd. Oh, oh man, you got a feel for that guy. His his like literally his arms hanging on on by tendons only, you know. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> moving along from that nonsense. I, um,
1: I mean, that was fun. That was that was a cool little segment that you had planned for us there. I it would caught me by surprise. I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know. I, well, that's what I wanted. I didn't want you to have time to sit there and think about it. What fun is that? No, I mean, you know, and again, this is just going off of, like you said, this year's uh, early appearances, because there are some of those guys in years past where I would have might have had different grades for them, But yeah, hundred percent far and in the 2023 that... season. that's is what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. You know, like I know that this is one of those stupid things that, uh, Hawk Harrelson would always say, uh, and when he would talk about how the Latins loved hot weather, um, you know, I feel like as it gets warmer out, that the staff is going to get, uh, that the command's going to get a little bit better, um, which I'm hoping, you know, does help with, the, uh, some of those elevated pitch counts, at least to, you know, a moderate amount, at least to, like, Allowing them to get through another inning, you know, not like saying that these guys are all going to be throwing complete games when it gets warm out. Cause that's stupid, but, um, no, but we don't
1: want to see anybody taxed by, you know, the end of May. Yeah. The bullpen can't handle that. No. Um, so.
0: Hanser Alberto. Got moved to the IL. Um, he was doing okay. Um a lot of flack from the fan base uh because he ricocheted a baseball off a dude's dome and uh because he sprained uh Tim Anderson's knee more or less without directly doing it. Um
1: he, he was getting a lot more how, but my my biggest thing was not so much that he was just getting a lot more playing time than I at hope. But you know, what is Pedro to do when You know, your roster is all Band-Aid.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, So seeing how uh, Gavin Sheets, um, while he is not hitting for power right now, you would expect him to in the future, at least uh, to the point that if he was up for an entire season, you would expect to see like 20 to 25 home runs. Sure. So, and and like he is, you know, we've seen from him before, uh, the capability of hitting like, you know, multiple home runs within a week, you know, like he'll go on a run and he'll hit like three home runs in a week.
1: Yeah, exactly what I was talking about earlier when we were talking about him.
0: Yeah. So, um, Jake Berger, uh, leading the team in home runs. Okay. Um. Obviously, uh, the defense is a liability with him. Um, You've seen several mistakes from him at third base in the short amount of time. Uh, But you've seen more home runs than mistakes. Correct. Uh, And the mistakes that he's made are generally not... uh,
1: Completely catastrophic. There was one.
0: Yeah, it's... Yeah, not like... uh, Like, I kind of feel... That had Jake Berger been playing third base, that had he fielded that bunt, I feel like he would have put it in his pocket instead of ricocheting it off the dude's dome. Okay, yeah. So I think that, you know, while I don't think that the the Sox would have won that game, I don't feel like he would have lost it with that play like Alberto did. Um, <sighs> Romy's a tough one. Um, because offensively, you know, we've had, we've had this talk before and I mean, you saw
1: those defensive plays that he made out there tonight in the left field. Good. Yeah. I mean, he's chasing them down out there for sure. That the leaping catch. You know, you can say what you want about the route that he took and the, the slight pause. Uh, you know, when the ball turned out to have more carry on it, you can say what you want, but he still made the play.
0: He did. And like that's one of those things that uh, you know we've we've talked about that is that you know like he was drafted as an outfielder, but his best positions are in the infield, but he can still play the outfield, and that's the thing. It's that's the unfortunate thing for him right now is just that the hits have not been coming, and uh, if he wants to stick around, he's going to have to he's going to have to hit some now the one thing i will say that he has in his favor um a he plays much better defensive outfielder than sheets uh and b he had i think he was the uh third highest sprint speed on the Sox last year so the dude's got speed as well so that's that's two things that i think that play in his favor, but if that dude doesn't start hitting, he's going to be gone. So I don't think that's really going to,
1: and that's going to be a shame, really gonna... honestly, because you know, what's going to happen is he's going to go back down to Charlotte and he's going to find that confidence again, and he's going to go tear the cover off down there. Uh, And again, you know, like you said, we have talked about this before. I just want to see him attack the strike zone. I want to see him attack pitches that catch the full Width of the plate, you know, and and he's he's laying off some good pitches that I'd like to see him put some wood on, you know. playing. I in agree. Um. So, uh, Len
0: and then Lenny and Sosa. He's he's the other one. Um. Saw some really nice defensive play out of him tonight. Um. And. The bats definitely been better than Romy's has, um, and I feel like, you know, I've I've had this conversation many times. Uh, people are, you know, they say, "Oh, I'm, I'm a Lenin Sosa guy, not a Romy guy. I want Lenin Sosa." Up. And like my my whole thought on that whole thing was. I don't think that it's an either or thing, personally. To me, it's I I, I see the use for both of them, I, and I, I think that too. Lenin Sosa would be my starting guy. But Romy, in a Lenin Sosa or not Lenin Sosa, Larry Garcia type role of how you would actually want to see Larry Garcia. Used. used right
1: sporadically. If
0: he was capable of playing a decent defense, which right. he has proven that he <laughs> could not, but if you were in the delusional world where Larry Garcia could play many positions and actually field them, and using him as a defensive sub late in games, that's kind of where, where I see Romy Gonzalez. But I and like the thing is, is that I see the potential for the bat. Right. I just think that it's one of those things where it's it's going to take him time to get used to and get that confidence to be able to do it.
1: Right, and I think it was which it, is unfortunate. It was maybe late this weekend or uh, even yesterday after the game was canceled. There was a you know a, a Pedro Gaffal presser recently, and he said something. That made me hopeful that you know these guys might stick around for a little bit longer than some fans might be comfortable with, but he he said that you know he's seeing some good things out of both of these guys, and he wanted to remind everybody that development does not stop when you come to the major league ball club, and as a matter of fact, he said it's essential and and I might be you know i'm i'm not this is not a direct quote, but you know he basically said it's it's essential that you know, these guys come up, they get the playing time, they get the the training and the coaching and, and the instruction to continue to develop uh, at the major league level. And they get them the experience and, the, and to put them in the, in the positions in the right situations to continue to develop. And honestly, you know, sending these guys back down to Charlotte, the only benefit I see from that is, you know, when we start seeing some of these other players come back and they're healthy and, you know, you're going to start seeing less and less of Lenin and Romy. The only reason I could see to send either one of them back to Charlotte is to continue to get them playing time. But uh, in the meantime, you know, as long as there's space for them, I would imagine that at least my hope would be that, you know, this organization and this coaching staff is smart enough to allow these guys to, you know, kind of work through their growing pains. Because we've seen both of them do damage at the, the lower levels throughout the minor leagues. Uh, it's not without possibility that they can't do the same thing at the major league level. So, you know, I personally have the patience to uh, wait this thing out and and see them do their things. But, you know, I don't know about the rest of the White Sox fans and White Sox Twitter. <laughs> I can say There's a lot of them already calling for these guys.
0: Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Uh, I feel you know. Well, I mean, Lenny and Sosa less so. Um, I, I'm fairly certain most of uh, White Sox Twitter
1: would love to see Romi Gonzalez. Just oh, they've all put you know wrote him off at this point.
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate. I I I think that uh, in the you know if given the ability to be able to play all the time I feel like he would take some steps I think that this the way that he's and it's it's of no fault of Pedroga Falls I think just that the the sporadic use and the fact that he's got 23 at bats through you know almost 20 games right now He's never, you know, like, I I don't feel like he's that guy where you can just do that to him and he's going to perform. Right. It's probably going to take him a lot longer to figure this out. I think that, you know, say he was on, uh, say he was on the A's.
1: Oh, they'd have him up and playing every day all season long because they already playing every day. I mean, you're talking about a team that's uh, already in the tank and not looking to do much. Yeah. So that's where the development is key thing is going to play through for him. Unfortunately, the White Sox are a team with playoff aspirations.
0: Yeah. No, I feel that if he was playing for the A's, he'd probably be hitting, you know, he he would probably by by mid-season, he'd probably be hitting 275, 280. And I don't know if he's going to do that here. Yeah. Because at this rate, by... (laughs) Yeah. I mean by the time we get to mid season, he's gonna have a hundred at bats. Right. You know, which is not going to allow him to
1: fully develop. Get his
0: you know, yeah, it's not gonna allow him to get a feel for what he's trying to do for you know, I mean, think about like you're going from you know, last year where he had like the the roughest year into Put into, you know, you're in Major League Baseball and you're trying to hit off of, you know, like, I mean, not today, but I mean, you know, you're like trying to hit off of like Zach Wheeler's and and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, like, even the best hitters have hard times against half of these guys. Right. You know, the best hitters in baseball still only get a hit three out of 10 times. Right. So you know, I'm not saying he's one of the best players in baseball. I'm saying that he's capable, but you know, like when you're facing that kind of competition and you get, you know, one, a, one, you know, when you average one at bat a game, it's going to be hard to get into a rhythm and be able to hit somebody like that. Right. You're it's only just, getting you know, live. It's not likely. You're only
1: seeing live pitching five or six at bats a week. That's uh. It's right. It's just not going to give him the opportunity to find that confidence and that level of comfort. You know, taking all the reps and and all the instruction that you can get in side sessions. You know, uh, pregame warm ups and, and batting practice and all these things. That's all fantastic, but there's a difference between you know going out there and swinging off of you know the T or in the cage with the machine or, you know, whatever it is they might be doing that day, whatever drills, whatever betting practice they're taking. And, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that hit well during those situations, but in-game situations is a completely different scenario. And, you know, every at bet is different than the last. So to find that comfort level, you've got to have a level of consistency when it comes to playing time. And he's just not going to get it.
0: 100%. That's pretty much exactly where I'm at. Um, so when Hanser Alberto comes back, um, you have Adam Hazley, you have Jake Berger, Romy Gonzalez, Gavin Sheets, and Lenine Sosa. I'm assuming. That when Alberto comes back, one of those guys is going away, because I don't see that they keep any. Like I don't see I don't see them letting go of Hans or Alberto yet.
1: Well, I don't. I don't you know.
0: It, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that uh, you know. Well, I
1: mean, you you, know, you have the meme. I do have the meme. And it's uh I think it's fairly accurate at this point in the season. <laughs> uh Hanzo Roberto is Pedro Grafal's Leori. Uh yeah. But I mean if you're asking which one of those, you know, five or six guys you, you named off there is first off the list, I would have to think it, my personal opinion it's gotta be Hazley. Just because of what i said earlier you can't really send Romy down because he is a jack of all trades he play pretty much any position on the field and most of them he can play them more than competently uh defensively you know whether or not they're um, tall
0: says um, maybe they'll make an example out of Hanser. oh and then i i i really I don't, don't see it. that with him being uh Pedro's boy and like him specifically calling him and saying, Hey, I've got, uh, I'd like you to come out
1: yeah. to the white Sox. I mean, their history alone tells me he's going to stick around for at least a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, if he doesn't pull it together, you know, that might be something that we we'll, you know, we're revisiting down the road a little bit further here where maybe they finally kind of say, okay, you know, it's just not working out, but he's probably going to get the benefit of time more than any of these other guys. Yeah,
0: no, I mean the Hazley thing, yeah, I agree with that. He's probably the first one to go. The hard one's going to be is when Johan comes back. When Johan comes back, then it ha- you have to either cut Romy sheets or burger. And I don't think it's gonna be sheets or burger. But I don't see how you can justify keeping sheets around with burger because burgers actually been, he's generated offense and sheets doesn't play defense.
1: Yeah. You know, Jake might not not play defense well, but uh, he does have a position on the field other than DH.
0: Well, I mean, technically sheets can play first base, but so can Jake burger. Right. So, I mean, I, at this point, that's a that's a tough one. Well, that's a tough one. The, you know, like the thing is, is, is that oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean Sheets Sheets is hitting. I mean, his his he's got an eight forty three OPS. You know, Romy Gonzalez got a two sixty OPS. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I think that uh, obviously, I think that those numbers will go up for him. Yeah, they they won't. Say but well, yeah, I don't think so. But I don't think that they'll be as high as sheets, but I will also say that in 20, what is it uh, 2021 when Romy Gonzalez came back after the lockdown and was the first 2020 guy in Birmingham since Aaron Rowland in 2000 or whatever it was. Um, you know, he hit more home runs that year. I think he had something like 10 less home runs that year than Gavin sheets had his entire minor league career. And like, the thing is I like, I get, you know, that, uh, that this isn't the minor leagues. No, I, it's not. I, 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 clearly I understand this. Um, <laughs> but I think that the skill sets there to where he could put up some decent numbers. But if you, you know, from what I think, like you say, show me if he can't do it, you know, what do you eat the defense? And, and just for the left handed, quote unquote, power bat
1: that uh, has one home run. Right. Well, and then there's the other, I mean, there's, there's another question that needs to be asked in this situation too, is, you know, so obviously, like you say, Jake has been hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's generated quite a bit of offense. But when Johan comes back, where does Jake Berger end up? Does he end up on the bench? Do we cool that hot bat? And, you know, how much playing time is Jake going to get? Now, I mean, maybe Jake slots into a DH role if Aloy can't put it together, but then you ber- there becomes this issue of we can't sit Aloy. That long because there's no way Aloy's batting average is going to stay below 200, and and he's not going to start hitting dingers at some point. You know, so uh, again, roster construction is uh, going to bite the White Sox here a little bit. We're trying to find offense on a team that obviously needs as much offense as can get right now the way the pitching staff is is handling it itself.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the whole thing's frustrating. I mean, it, this is something that, you know, like we're talking about this same thing, you know, for three years now with the roster construction, you know, and the thing is, is that, yes, they let Jose Abreu walk, but they added a bunch more guys that are, you know, from the minors who played the exact same position or you know, can play that position DH first base, you know? So it's just a... Yeah, what a pain. Uh, so, yeah, all right. So Grimtal's asking me if uh, if Romy's hitting the ball and just not getting hits. And, like, my the thing I said, I said he looks... He doesn't look comfortable. He's lined out hard quite a few times, but he does can. He, he grounds out, too. And uh, so I, I just wanted to Check out his uh his Babip. I was gonna say, is he getting Babip? I don't know I don't know that he is. He's his Babip is two fifty. Yeah, so um where his, his normal Babip numbers throughout his entire minor league career and even with the White Sox uh in twenty twenty one in his brief uh call up have been in the mid three hundreds. His entire career, so he's a hundred points below that. Um, his ground ball percentage, though, is is down uh, from a majority of his career. You know, his fly ball his fly ball rate, though, however, is quite uh, quite a bit lower. Yeah.
1: So, Again, I think it's I it, it honestly to me just it, it, like you say, it doesn't look comfortable. I wonder if he's just not found that confidence in himself yet, you know? Uh, God, I wish there was a way to get this guy playing time every day. Like you said, let's get him Triple
0: a. There you go.
1: Let's get, that's him. it. Yeah. The you only know? thing is, is, you know, I, I, he's already shown that he's got all the confidence in the world. It's a matter of giving him the confidence that he needs to, you know, in the playing time that he needs to build that confidence that, Just show him what other people see in him, that he is probably more than capable of hitting major league pitching. Uh, I will
0: say last year, his AAA numbers, not good. No, that's true. So uh, he had a couple of games where he was pretty decent. um, But the problem was, is that it was a really abbreviated stay. It might be not a bad, it probably would be a good thing for him at this point, looking and seeing what his numbers are, it would probably be a good idea to send him to AAA to get him back up and rolling, you know, and then try and jumpstart him. So when he comes back up, because I assume that they will probably bring him back up at some point uh, due to some injury or another, you know, yeah. that he can just kind of get in and, and continue going. But you see, here's the problem is that while He's doing that kind of thing. Lenin Sosa has been here and he's hit those home runs or hit hit that home run. And he's got base hits and he's playing decent defense at second base and he can play shortstop as well. You know what I mean?
1: Right? Yeah, I do. I do. He can't.
0: So it's like, if they send him down, well, maybe he doesn't make it back up. Maybe he does. I don't know. It's it's just kind of one of those things that, uh, and, you know, it's like this for every, you know, every guy.
1: There's but, a lot uh, of what ifs surrounding, you know, and the reality is, is I mean, these are all questions that are, are are legit questions. But if the core of this roster stays healthy and does the things that they're supposed to be doing, uh, these guys are—they're bench players, you know. If Tim Anderson comes back healthy from his knee thing, you know, in in two or three weeks from now, and Yoan Moncada's back, uh, doesn't become a season-long issue, you know, now we're 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 looking at maybe one of the two of them sticks at second base. You know, right now that looks like it would be Lenine, But, you know, I think Elvis Andrews is probably going to be that guy that's going to earn himself the extended look there as well, too, before somebody says, okay, you know what, it's time to sit down. Even though you and I, and who like to, you know, pay attention to career norms have seen that this is basically a return to who Elvis Andrews has been, as opposed to the guy that we got the last, you know, eight or nine weeks of the season last year. Yeah, uh, but again, I think he's probably going to get that extended look before, you know, anyone else. I, in reality, maybe both of these guys might be better off where they're getting extended playing time down at Triple A. It's it's a it's a tough decision. I, I don't well, envy Pedro Gafal and having to make these roster moves and, and you know, work through it with uh, with the rest of the staff. But whoof. What is it? I, I you you look like you have that look. I know that look. You've got some witty uh, info for us there. It's not witty. It's no, just no. I mean, I the, should the, say the smart. The problem.
0: Probably. the The problem is, is that you send Lenin and Romy hacking back to Charlotte. They've packed the roster in Charlotte with. Thirty year olds. Yeah. You know. So then now you've got Eric Gonzalez there, who's been okay, you know. I mean he hasn't been terrible. Um he's done a pretty decent job there. Uh but Yolbert's there. Laz Rivera's there, not that, you know, whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> a decent little player, but you know, he's he's you know, he's not like one of the top guys. But then you know, like, and then you've got like that—that that outfield's a right mess, right? Um. So, no, Laz Rivera is not thirty-seven. Um. Yeah, maybe twenty-seven.
1: I don't even 28, think maybe. I don't is twenty-seven. He, is he that old? Yeah, I he say, he's he's of, uh, been in the system for a while. I didn't he think has was that old. Um. But, I mean, he's 27. I mean, I feel like lenin has been in the system maybe. for, like, 30 years, and he's still a kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's, tw-
0: oh, he's 29. Oh, Laz is... 28. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's 28 until uh, until uh, September. All right, all right. Um, And, you know, like, let's be clear here is that Laz is a... He's an org depth guy. Yes. You know, like... Um the only way that he's making it to the major leagues is if four other people die. Um unless he goes on an absolute, you know, like the the most hot hottest of hot streaks to ever be hot.
1: Yeah, and then even then the how do you trust it when you're talking about a guy who is up on 29. So <laughs>
0: Grimtel says, damn, we wasted his prime too. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um That's the yeah. Of that. But uh <laughs> um to uh talk about something awesome. Yay uh, that's uh and this, this one is going to make you particularly happy. Okay. Uh tonight, uh Yuelki two walks uh the reason why that is uh important uh we do not have baseball cards tonight actually i opened up some some packs with colton earlier but uh i do not have packs tonight uh probably next week um i'll probably open this uh this box next week and i'm actually i'm going to uh i was going to try and go today but i didn't get a chance to i'm going to go to card king and go and grab me some
1: cards yeah i was looking at picking up a chrome box Possibly from uh, a 2022 Chromebox of all, believe it or not. So. Sweet. Um, yeah, awesome. Um,
0: so, uh, anyway, uh, before I got sidetracked, Uelke um, uh has a 26% walk rate right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, that does make me happy. Last year... I want
0: to say that he had a 4% walk rate. I'd have to go back and look again, but I think it was like a 4% walk rate. So his his uh, pitch selectivity, way up. The one thing thats that I'm not happy with is that he's still striking out a bunch. Uh, he sure is. So th- that's that's unfortunate. Like the the thing is, is that I you know with him not being as aggressive, and getting more walks, he's really good at hitting bad pitches. He is like, uh, I mean, for lack of a a better uh, comparable, um, gonna say and this is going to sound really stupid, but uh, Vlad Guerrero,
1: I do you, you know like Vlad. how
0: he. <laughs> How he would hit a, sh- a ball off of his shoe tops and hit it 500 feet? Yeah, that's exactly what Yoelki does. And the thing is, is that that's not a strike, but that's what he hits well. So he needs to find like some sort of a happy medium, I think, because he's so good at hitting crappy pitches that he should try and figure out exactly where that is and hunt that pitch only, you know, as far as like uh, pitches that he'll swing at.
1: Um, and that's it, you know, yeah, he might end up with a 45%. walk great if he does that? Cause, uh, you know, obviously the, the pitchers on the opposing teams are getting a scouting report and saying, well, this guy's going to swing at any of this garbage I throw up there. he becomes even more selective. It could be, uh, it could be, you know, and then at that point, if that's the case, at that point he's gonna see some better pitches. Some, it, you know, it, 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 who knows how long that's gonna take? But apparently, uh, you know, he's he's not a child anymore either.
0: No, he's not, and you know, and the thing was is that you know, other than the name recognition, like realistically, it's not. Anything for the White Sox, you know, it's like what two and a half million dollars or whatever. Right. So, I mean, realistically, it's not like any big deal if they lose two and a half million dollars. I mean, granted, would they have liked to him for him to turn into Juannis uh, Cespedes? Of course, they would. Well, no, I don't know, if but that's if he ever doesn't,
1: be possible, he's like a foot shorter than his brother. <laughs> maybe yeah, not. That well, much you
0: know, fun. I mean, Kirby Puckett was okay. I'll just you know uh, throw oh, that you know, out there. I was, mean, granted, was, Hall of Famer outlier, but I'm just saying that short guys can hit. Uh, the problem is, is that the bat-to-ball is just not nearly as good right. as Kirby Puckett uh, or even Cespedes. Um
1: uh Yosimar Cousin. Did you yeah, see I, that signing? I did. I did. Uh, I'm intrigued. I wish I knew a little bit more about the guy, but uh, I'm definitely intrigued. Another Cuban international yeah Cuban Netflix. um so
0: if you look at his, his uh if you look at his um his numbers from uh the last year that he pitched was 2021 um <laughs> oh grim tall man this is brutal man uh can't wait to see chappy back in the lineup that is ladder enjoyer i tell you what man i'm not even gonna read that that guy chat right now that guy made me so happy for like three days and then it was just so painfully taken away from me on a slide into second base um Lloyd and to be honest, like, I I don't even know. Like, I don't think it's broken because he stayed in the game for like another inning and he was, it, it's on his glove hand. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. Looking for it's looking on the for top the, hand. So
1: looking for the updates on Lloyd del to but
0: yeah, well, he hasn't started in a couple of days. Yeah. So there's that update, unfortunately. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Yosemar Cousins, uh, a cousin. Um, so the the book on him apparently is that he was like one of the top pitchers in Cuba, and he was very outspoken about wanting to get a contract in. Uh, Japan or Korea or whatever, and uh, go make money. And apparently, uh, the Cuban uh, team was afraid that he was going to jet and defect um, at the Olympics, so they didn't put him on the Olympic team. And after that, his numbers tanked, and... um, then he requested to uh, be able to go out and sign elsewhere. And so he did with the White Sox, and uh, it was $2 million for a two-year uh, major league contract. So the good thing about that is that it's not international money, so you don't have uh, a 20... what is he? 26-year-old, I think. Uh, 20... I think he's 26. 26 or 27. Uh, you don't have a guy that's that old eating up your international money. Um, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see when he gets here. I don't, I haven't heard, um, <clears throat> my apologies. Uh, I haven't heard anything about when he's, uh, <clears throat> coming to the White Sox or whatever, or like what their plans are for him or anything like that. So, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Oh, I don't hear you. I did, did myself you in again.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, over here ripping haters and coughing. I'm muting myself for this. <laughs> it's, it's the old cough button. Uh huh. Yeah. No. I, I, I. my question for him is: Is I, I'm. Is there any difference between international pool money and? Uh, major league contract because you know he defected what a couple of years ago now I, he's not No a yeah there is a
0: difference there is a big
1: difference so he um, yeah how does an says go for him so i think that the
0: so i think that the the issue was is because he was trying to get his uh the okay for him to sign here um that it took a while for him to uh, to be able to to sign. But because it's a major league deal, it, he shouldn't have to wait for, like, uh, all those ta- – like, they're not going to wait for all those tax laws. It's more like uh, Oscar Colas-type deal, you know, where, like, he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to sit around and wait. Although, I guess he did, didn't he? Uh, yeah, of, Colas uh, did, a guy actually. guy
1: who bypassed buy- that uh, for the taxes. Over a year.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of who uh forwent the uh there's a guy that that didn't hold that didn't sit around and uh play in the DSL. Oh, Coloss didn't play in the DSL. No, but he, he missed He just us. didn't play. He he didn't Yeah, play but at I all. think that that was Yeah, I think that was because he had to uh wait for his uh his deal to post. And it didn't post until January that's yeah, what it okay. was. All right. Yeah, it wasn't that he waited for uh taxes. He just couldn't sign until such and such a time, if i remember correctly anyway.
1: Um yeah, it's yeah. all all that so stuff that's, is kind of very confusing to me. I I'm, I'm sure and i've read, you know, so many different articles and explanations and it's still I mean, you got to be a tax lawyer <laughs> uh, to uh to get through some of the information on how some of this stuff works. The rule books on all this stuff is it's quite involved
0: it's that you can't ma- you can't get that bonus in the United States or you have to pay the United States taxes. Right. So they stay in the Dominican so they get their bonus there, pay m- far less taxes, keep more money and then they come over the year after that where they're making minor league money now instead of their bonus. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense for them so they can establish that generational wealth for their families and whatever, you know, which is awesome, you know, fine. Um, Just the issue being that uh, because they jacked around with the uh, the dates that people can sign that it like eats up an entire year. And when you've got a guy like Colas who is not going to sit in the Dominican and like go through and you know, learn how to speak English and whatever and do all that stuff. He's gonna jump levels. It does it doesn't really make as much sense. So I don't know. Um we'll see we'll see where he ends up. Uh I assume that they'll probably uh fast track him. You know, since it's a two million dollar two year deal, they're not gonna let him sit in the minor leagues. Either they're going to sign him and they're gonna see what he's got in triple A and uh, if he gets to a certain point where it looks like he's going to be worth something, they'll bring him up, and maybe they'll throw him in the bullpen, um, or maybe they'll just cut cut their losses. You know, I mean, it's two million bucks. You hope that you get lightning in a bottle. If you don't, you don't. Okay. Um, we'll see. I mean, but he's got uh, you know he's got ninety five miles an hour plus plus a a plus slider, and then yeah, I think he throws a curveball and a change as well. So, I mean, it's worth taking a risk on for two million bucks. I mean, two million bucks is. You know, when you're signing a free agent, it's nothing. So, um, Let me ask see. you a quick
1: question. Like, yeah. uh, how many people do we? How many people are you seeing in the chat right now on your end? You guys uh, want to sound off? Who's who's in the chat that's not a sub right now? Do we have anybody that's not a sub? I haven't done this in let's a while. And one, oh, I'm oh, wondering. I'm yeah, wondering to if toss that thing up there. Yeah, is it worth it? I don't
0: know. Just do, uh, you could do, um, one of the, uh, do one of the VIPs if you wanted to, too, because they in here. Um, yeah, but, um, this is a good place to, uh, to leave off. Uh, I talked about like, uh, I think a couple of, at least a couple of the major stories and interesting things going on. Um,
1: let's go ahead and just throw it out there and see who gets it, huh?
0: All right, I got to. Uh, I don't know. We got to do like one of them. I uh, have like a some sort of a a minor league thing here, and I got to get Dan Victor on here so we can uh, chit chat and have fun with all that stuff. It sounds like a good idea. I have to talk to him. uh um, dot Substack dot com. You can find uh, this podcast. Uh, you can also find... Oh, look at that. Danny Miller, WSD, gifted one sub. Thank you, sir. Uh, and who is it? Ah, it's a pusher. How you like that? Hey, all right. There you go. Congrats, pusher robot. Uh, <laughs> you have a great night. Um, uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter. Um, we have Facebook and a YouTube uh where you can find this stream uh will be uploaded uh this uh later on tonight um at i s on twitter uh danny's at danny miller w s d um thanks for coming and hanging out in the chat thanks for uh talking to us and giving us uh interesting info
1: um if you haven't had a chance go uh, go check out our guest spot on the uh on the old Yes. locked on socks pod that we uh, were guests last week on how many yeah
0: I what say day was that's that Friday
1: Thursday Thursday well, Friday. I think it dropped Friday
0: yeah it came out on Friday so we're yeah me and Danny were on uh, locked on socks with uh our buddy Nick uh Nick Morowski from uh good guys talk back um and obviously locked on socks um yeah it was a good time uh go check it out good conversation. Um yeah so uh until next week uh next week we'll definitely have some cards to uh to open. Um definitely some prospect stuff. Hopefully we can finally get uh you know an Oscar Colas which we haven't gotten one yet for crying out loud. Um and uh hopefully we can get an auto other than Benjamin Bailey who got DFA. <laughs> 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 Um. So, anywho. Uh. Yeah. Thanks to everybody that uh, came and hung out. Uh. For myself, Ian Eskridge, and my co-host, the Danny Miller. You guys have a great night. Thanks. Bye.